0: Thank you to both, counsel, for your flexibility. Uh, the next case is State versus Rich, and we will hear from the appellant.
1: Good afternoon, justices, Mr. Clerk, counsel. My name is Jonathan Carnes, I'm here accompanied by my law partner Tara Warwick, and I represent Mr. Larry Frischi, who's the defendant and appellant in this matter. Mr. Frischi is asking the court today to reverse the trial court and Court of Appeals ruling in this case, and by doing so, overturn the rulings and the precedent established by the North Carolina Court of Appeals in the cases of Inray Borden and Inray McLean. A bit of background, if it may please the court. Mr. Frisci pleaded guilty to sexual exploitation of a child on November 17, 2000. He was sentenced to prison for eight years and served those eight years. And upon release, he registered from the sex offender registry in the state of Colorado, Arapahoe County. Mr. Frisci has also, during this time, moved to and been on the Florida's registry. In 2020, Mr. Frisci moved to North Carolina and was informed that he needed to register here he petitioned the court for judicial determination. It was held and he was determined that he had to register. And he therefore registered pursuant to the law and the court order. Shortly after, Mr. Frischi petitioned the Superior Court for termination uh, from the sex offender registration pursuant to 14-208.12a. The Honorable Judge Ridgway entered an order denying the petition, stating that Mr. Frischi met all other requirements under the Adam Walsh Act, and was not a danger or threat to the community, but that his hands were tied by the Court of Appeals holdings in Inray Borden and Inray McLean. In fact, Judge Ridgway made it clear that this was his sole basis for the uh, the holding. He stated that the law, as interpreted by the Court of Appeals, as they understand the intent of the General Assembly, would not make the the defendant eligible today to be released from the registry. Mr. Frisci then appealed to the Court of Appeals, who unsurprisingly upheld their previous rulings in accordance with precedent, which brings us to the court today. Some underlying relevant federal law that's relevant to this case. In 1994, the federal government established the Jacob Wetterling Act to create a national sex offender registry and set forth the standards. Notably, with respect to removal from that registry, it stated that a person required to register under the act shall continue to comply until 10 years have elapsed since the person was released from prison uh, or placed on parole, supervised release or probation. Notably in that act there is no mention of a restric- Notably, in that act there is no mention of a restriction on crossing jurisdictional lines for the purposes of timing. That act was eventually replaced and repealed or repealed and replaced by the Adam Walsh Act in 2006. The stated purpose of that was to protect the public from sex offenders and offenders against children and to establish a comprehensive national system for registration of those offenders. It further goes on to say in the Adam Walsh Act in relevant part that a sex offender shall register and keep the registration current in each jurisdiction where the offender resides, works, or is a student. The registration is considered current if the registration is maintained in at least one jurisdiction. This contemplates an ongoing single requirement under federal law regardless of how many registries the offender might find themselves on. After 10 years, a tier one offender or the lowest tier shall have their registration period reduced to 10 years if they have a clean record. States also under the Adam Walsh Act receive federal funding for complying with this act but shall have such funding reduced or eliminated if a jurisdiction does not comply with or substantially implement the Adam Walsh Act. Here in North Carolina, there's an act that was first adopted with respect to the sex offender registry in 1997, and it was based on the Jacob Wetterling Act. It states in part with respect to termination that termination from the registry will be allowed after 10 years from the date of initial county registration. In 12-208.12A 12 a superior court judge is allowed to grant a petition to terminate registration only where the. requested relief complies with the provision of the federal Jacob Wetterling Act as amended and any other federal standards applicable to the termination requirement or requirement to be met as a condition for the receipt of federal funds by any state there is no mention in that uh, in the statute that creates additional state imposed requirements beyond what the uh, Adam Walsh Act or the Jacob Wetterling Act set forth in inray McLean the Court of Appeals acknowledged and clearly stated that the Adam Walsh Act was intended to expand on and replace the Jacob Wetterling Act, and furthermore in the Court of Appeals in in Ray McLean, contrary to their ultimate decision, acknowledged and stated that the North Carolina legislature is attempting to bring its program in line with the external federal standards with which it needs to comply in order to receive federal funding. So the question before the court today is whether The plain meaning of the words, 10 years from the date of initial county registration, the whole paragraph is 10 years from the date of initial county registration, a person required to register under this part may petition the Superior Court to terminate the 30-year registration requirement if the person has not been convicted of a subsequent offense requiring registration under this article, if those words should include the words or the term North Carolina or if it should be read based on the plain language of the statute. Uh, we've cited a couple cases in our brief. Smith versus the United States, when a word is not defined by a statute, we normally construe it in accordance with its ordinary meaning. The court in State v. Fletcher in 2017 upheld that. Uh, it, it supports the longstanding principle here in North Carolina that the court will give words their plain and definite meanings when they are clear and unambiguous. And the Court of Appeals in Inray Hall in 2014 stated. It's the court's duty to give effect to the plain meaning of the judicial, con- and judicial construction of legislative intent is not required in those circumstances. Uh, in this case, if we look at those plain words, initial means first. County is the largest local division of any of the 48 states that use the term. For the court's interest, Alaska calls them boroughs, Louisiana calls them parishes. But of those uh, 48, or all of those other states, all of the states, except for two, Alabama, who doesn't let anyone off the registry, and North Carolina, are the only two that do not have any sort of reciprocity or count any other time on other registries.
0: Counsel, I I understand that you're trying to make a um, plain meaning argument, but um, we're not free are we when the legislature has defined a term to ignore that definition correct that is correct so as i understand the reasoning in borden the court of appeals there pointed to definitions in 14-206.6 and one of those is a definition of the term county registry which says the information compiled by the sheriff of a county in compliance with this article and then, if you look at the definition of sheriff, it says, "the sheriff of a county in this state." So, what's wrong with that sort of with that chain of, of reasoning?
1: So, uh, I think there's a, a couple things, Your Honor. First, uh, I believe that you can look at those separately, that the initial county registration is what they're talking about for the purposes of releasing someone from the list, which if it's based on the Adam Walsh Act, they go into great detail about what the initial county means and what it means to be current on the list and the requirements under it. Um, And so the requirement that you're referencing about registering in North Carolina for an um, out-of-state offender, I believe is separate from the interpretation in this case of initial county registration. It's worth noting in that definition, uh, which is not a definition for the, the whole of that portion of the statute, um, or for this, this particular portion, but in other areas, in fact, in 15 other um, points of this specific statute, the words North Carolina have been interjected into the statute as a modifier. Furthermore, uh, there are other statutes that um, have uh, also included the words Uh, county in this state and so neither of those modifiers are found in this specific provision. Um, I I don't think it's clear that just because someone has to register and the definitions of the county or the sheriff in North Carolina for the purposes of registering in North Carolina require them to go to the local sheriff and they define it that way that that necessarily is uh, is congruent or in this case I would say it's incongruent with the Adam Walsh Act requirement that doesn't place this territorial restriction Um, It says that it describes as the initial county of registration or 10 years from the initial county is the um, is the period of time that someone has to remain on the registry before they can get off the registry if they have a clean record and so I I think it's it's sort of referring to two different things as well as it it doesn't fit with the federal statutes definition or requirements that would allow North Carolina to take part in the program and benefit from the federal funds. Thank you. And so on on that note too, uh, we actually do, if we are looking at it beyond the plain meaning of the words and we're looking at the legislative intent, um, it should be noted that uh, Borden sort of, it does reference that, it also makes reference to the fact that uh, the initial county, the reason they're coming to this conclusion is not necessarily legislative intent, but that uh, it's uh, in pari materia. And it's essentially just saying that because the statute is a North Carolina statute. Therefore, the county must refer back to the North Carolina county. Interestingly, in Ray McLean, actually looks at the legislative intent, which is why I cited it earlier, and finds that the legislature and the Court of Appeals made it clear that the purpose of North Carolina statute was to bring it in line with the federal standards and the Adam Walsh Act. And it's notable that the Adam Walsh Act does not place this restriction limitation or reset on an offender's ability to remove themselves based on a clean record. Um, as defined by the Adam Walsh Act. And so in in the Adam Walsh Act, I think to further answer your question, excuse me, um, it it goes on to define, for example, um, what the initial county of registration is. So initial registration actually requires if someone is living outside of the initial county where the offense was committed and the conviction occurred, um, they actually have to register in that county as well. So that's a requirement under the Adam Walsh Act of that, of that initial registration that it be in the county at a minimum where the conviction occurred, not just wherever they're residing currently after they get out of their prison sentence, if if they have one. Uh, And again, as I mentioned furthermore, the General Assembly in, I I, I mentioned to you that they mentioned North Carolina specifically as a modifier 15 times, that's in Article 27A, and then specifically an example I cited, uh, 14-12.8, is one of many criminal law statutes in which any county of this state is specifically mentioned. And so uh, I think when we're looking at the plain language, um, you know, and as well as the intent of the legislature, if the court is so inclined to go that way, it's clear that they wanted to, com- to comply with the Adam Walsh Act in order to get federal funding. And it's clear that the legislature could have put those words in either North Carolina or uh, in a county of this state and, and chose not to do so.
2: Can I ask you a question about the compliance with the Adam Walsh Act? Is there anything that suggests that by that by being more strict, if you will, by requiring longer periods of registration, that a state would not be in compliance with
1: the act? So the language of the Adam Walsh Act just specifically states uh, that um, any, any uh, let's see here, it's. Uh, so, uh, for registrations, for registry requirements for jurisdictions, jurisdiction uh, to maintain a registry. Each jurisdiction shall maintain a jurisdiction wide uh, sex offender registry conforming to the requirements of this title. Uh, It goes further on to say, as I've mentioned, that anyone who's not in compliance or substantially is not in compliance or implementation uh, will receive a reduction uh, of funding. Um, And then (coughs) the language simply states, uh, so full registration period. It says a sex offender shall keep the registration current for the full registration period, excluding any time the sex offender is in custody or civilly committed, unless the offender is allowed a reduction under subsection B and it says the full registration period is, and it goes on to say in subsection B, um, you know, that it, the, the full period or the clean record period would be 10 years, and then they're eligible for removal with a, an elimination of five years for a tier one. Uh, it, it's it's simply the language that essentially says that they, they shall be um, a tier one sex offender during the period, the, the period during which the clean record shall be maintained is 10 years. Um, a tier one sex offender, uh, for for a tier one sex offender, the reduction is five years uh, in the case of a a tier one. So I I don't know that expressly states what you're asking, Your Honor, but a reading of this, again, a plain reading of their statute, suggests that at the 10-year mark, uh, uh, provided they're a tier one sex offender with a clean record, they shall be entitled to uh, go before the jurisdiction they're in and remove themselves, or at least petition to be removed from the registry, of course they still have to meet all of the other requirements under the act. Um, so a clean record, no other offenses. Um, there's, there's a few others as well uh, in this case.
2: So I think what I was trying to get at was whether the act is a floor and a ceiling or just a floor. And it sounds like what you're saying is that because the act says shall be entitled, that, it's, that it is also a ceiling.
1: I think, with respect to that that provision, it would be a, a ceiling as well. That after the 10 years, in order to be in compliance with this act, you would need to grant uh, a petitioner an opportunity to remove themselves from a registry. And it's notable that they describe the period as being current. And again, uh, current is described in this as being on at least one registry, but acknowledging the fact that you might be able to be on multiple registries depending on where you work or where you go to school or where you generally reside. So it could be that you're up on multiple registries, but that all is described essentially as concurrent. They don't make a distinction between, well, if you're on this registry for this long, um, you can remove yourself from that one but not this other one. It doesn't make any distinctions in the federal statute. It, it only lists um, current as being at least one jurisdiction uh, and then 10 years in that period. So,
0: so there any indication in the record that uh, North Carolina and you said Alabama, both of whom you argue are stricter than required by the Adam Walsh Act any indication that uh, either of those states have been found in non-compliance?
1: Not on the record Your Honor.
0: So, so the Borden case has been around since 2011. Um, the General Assembly's not reacted to that. Um, what inference should we draw from that?
1: Your Honor I, I- Obviously, I'm not in charge of the the federal purse. I I don't know exactly uh, how that has transpired, whether or not we've received federal funds. What I can say is that the statute, as it is on its face, appears to be compliant. Uh, My argument today is that the statute is compliant as it is written. The uh, interjection of of the requirement that the registration period go from the time of initial registration in North Carolina makes the act incompliant. couldn't answer whether or not the federal government is aware of this, whether or not it's having an impact, uh, whether or not the legislature is concerned with the impact. I, unfortunately, that's not part of the record. I, I just, uh, what I do know is that on its face, we're certainly not arguing that, that there's anything wrong with the statute as written, that um, by all accounts, also in practice, for anyone who commits the offense in North Carolina, they are getting the benefit of that 10 years being on the registry here. It's, it's really only um, offenders who are moving in from outside of the state that are having this additional, for lack of a better term, burden placed upon them where they have to, uh, basically they don't get any time served or credit for being on another registry. They basically start anew. And so um, it it becomes non-compliant in that sense. So in some ways I believe the state is compliant when you're talking about someone who was convicted here and who's serving their entire ten years here or at least Actually, it doesn't even say that. Uh, I don't know that the case law suggests that someone who registers here first then moves out of the state wouldn't also benefit from having first registered in North Carolina. It's only individuals coming from outside of North Carolina who are registering here that have that additional time period. And so, again, on its face, I don't know that it's entirely apparent. We don't have a a huge body of case law. This is, I believe, a matter of first impression for the court here. um, There have been two uh, uh, appeals, essentially, at the Court of Appeals level. Um, I, I think everyone else must just accept the outcome uh, of the decision at the trial court level. And so um, I, I don't know that it's widely known, I, I guess is my answer, that it, or I, there's no indication that I could find that there, there's much discussion about it on that level. Um, what I do know is that it, it certainly um, can uh, affect um, individuals like my client in, in, a, in a substantial way.
0: Uh, I guess I'm just sort of making the point that if, if that the if Borden's reading of the statutes was inconsistent with the intent of the general Assembly that general Assembly could have addressed that and has and has not
1: they certainly could have I <clears throat> to be perfectly uh, honest Your honor <coughs> excuse me I, I think that it it certainly there's no question that uh, the this, this statute itself and the purpose for the statute is in the public interest, is in the interest of law enforcement, is in the interest of the state. I don't think the state is particularly harmed as long as they're still getting federal funds or if, if they want them um, from having this interpretation. Uh, I'm simply arguing that individuals who move from out of state might be harmed. And so I, I don't know that there's, pro- <laughs> provided there isn't, uh, uh, and maybe there isn't uh, um, uh, an attack on the funds if the state is still allowed to to enjoy those funds or a portion thereof. Uh, perhaps there's no need for them to change it. Um, like I said, I think on its face it it's not readily apparent that there's any issue with the you know or there's any incongruence with the Adam Walsh Act. I think it's only in these limited circumstances where you have out-of-state uh, individuals moving here. Uh, as far as whether or not they would want to change it. I, I think there's definitely a um, desire by the state to keep these lists. As I said, I, I think it's it's perfectly reasonable and, and warranted and in the best interest of the public. Um, and so I don't know that it's, it necessarily harms them from, or the state from having a, a more comprehensive list than maybe it would if, if uh, you were to overturn uh, the, the Borden case and the McLean case. Um, I don't know that it necessarily doesn't harm the state either. Obviously, it would it potentially cause more work uh, for law enforcement if they have to keep track of individuals in the state, or if they have to go to more hearings and that kind of thing. But um, you know, I, I don't know that the state uh, doesn't see an upside to this not being challenged. Um, you know, the more people that are on the list, the the more law enforcement has notice of individuals who may have committed offenses in the past. Uh, the question before the court today, I believe, is just simply uh, whether or not individuals should be allowed to remove themselves from the list uh, after that 10 year period that's specified in the Adam Walsh Act.
2: Counsel, in the uh, 48 states that recognize some sort of reciprocity, do you know, do, do those statutes do so by explicit acknowledgement,
1: or is it a situation like we find ourselves in here? So I didn't write them all out in the brief. Uh, but yeah, I have, I have read all of them. Uh, so it's, it's not quite half, but about half of them have actually put reciprocity lines in their statute saying that they'll recognize it. The other half are sort of where we find ourselves, where it just it kind of mimics the language from the Adam Walsh Act. Um, I think in the circumstances, I, I would argue that in the circumstances of where they've actually written into the language a uh, specific reciprocity provision uh, that it actually just m- might be sort of doubling down on on saying that you're going to comply with the act whereas the act itself does not put this limitation. so I'm not sure that it was necessary for them to do so, but in some cases they spelled it out specifically to um, to maybe shed some light or clear up any questions that might have or confusions that might have occurred. Um, it's interesting too some of the statutes also will go towards uh, if you move out of the state whether or not that time still gets counted or you know if, if you. It's, you know, or or that kind of thing. In fact, I think it's always in the situation where, um, I think uh, Louisiana is an example, where if you move out of the state, they're saying specifically in the statute, you still can use that time towards your credit. Uh, But again, my argument would be that, that that also would be unnecessary to state, they stated it anyway, just because most of the statutes read like ours, where they say, once you register, it's 10 years from the registration, it's not 10 years consecutively living in the state or anything like that. And then can I ask you about the fourth
2: paragraph under subsection A in in the request for termination of registration requirement. It talks about uh, if the defendant was convicted of a reportable offense in any federal court, the conviction will be treated as an out-of-state offense for the purposes of this section. And I want to get your read on whether that implies that within this statute for, the ability to petition to terminate, or treating out-of-state offenses differently than in, out-of-state and federal offenses differently than in-state offenses.
1: Well, I, I would agree with that premise generally in the sense that um, the statute was updated a number of years ago to sort of rectify the situation because people were moving to the state and um, there wasn't really a system to, to deal with that. And so the statute, as it reads now, does recognize and and sort of uh, uh, deals with how out-of-state litigants are supposed to, or, or not litigants, out-of-state um, offenders are supposed to report. And so the requirement is for them to come to the state, report within a certain amount of time, I think it's a few days, three days, and then um, to either enter themselves onto the registry or to uh, request, and this was the change that was made a few years ago, to request a hearing for determination. So obviously there are some states that have statutes that, that are different than ours. In fact, in, in this present case, not that it necessarily matters at this level, but on the trial court level, while there was a similar statute, the language read very similar uh, to what uh, Mr. Frisci was convicted of and what was on the books here in North Carolina, the states actually view the statutes very differently. One is specifically determined to be a violent offense, whereas the other one in in Colorado, so North Carolina considered a violent offense, Colorado considered a non-violent offense. And so it actually had different implications on Mr. Frisci's abilities to to participate with his children's lives and things like that. Um, To answer your question, I think that uh, there is a, um, a Sort of understanding that there are offenses that are out of state and then the state has to basically go through that process of figuring out Whether or not that would be a reportable offense under North Carolina. So I think that's part of the process that's built into the statute Thank
0: you.
1: If there are no further questions at this time uh, in conclusion uh, because uh It is Mr. Frisci's position that the prior interpretation of initial county of registration, uh, as meaning initial North Carolina county of registration, was erroneously concluded and is incongruent with the Adam Walsh Act, uh, and that the General Assembly's clear intent and desire to conform to the Adam Walsh Act exists. Uh, Mr. Frisci is asking the court to reverse the trial court and Court of Appeals uh, orders, uh, denying the defendant's petition for termination uh, on the sex offender registry, to overturn the Court of Appeals decisions in In Inray Borden and the subsequent cases relying on it, and in Ray McLean, and to order that the trial court terminate Mr. Frischi's requirement to register as a sex offender in North Carolina if all other requirements for termination are still met. Uh, At this time, I will reserve the remainder of my time for rebuttal.
0: Thank you, counsel. Hear from the appellee.
3: Good afternoon, may it please the court. My name is Brian Nichols and I represent the state. Before I begin, I first want to apologize to the court for my brief and not understanding that the court only granted certiorari on issues one and two. Um, I know I addressed issue three as well as one and two and the court did not grant certiorari on that issue and I I wanna apologize, I take ownership for my mistake Um, I also want to apologize for not submitting a brief to the Court of Appeals. I'm sorry and it will not happen again. Um, The Court granted certiorari on issues 1 and 2. The Court did correctly interpret the term and phrase initial county of registration to mean county in North Carolina as stated in North Carolina General Statute 14-208.12.a and The court correctly denied defendant's petition for termination to come off the North Carolina sex offender registry. Uh, Defendant is essentially asking this court to overturn N. Ray Borden. In short, N. Ray Borden is correct and good. Borden reflects the intent of the General Assembly and it is good policy for North Carolina. This court should not overturn Borden. North Carolina wants sex offenders who choose to move to North Carolina to prove that they are clean while living in North Carolina for 10 years before they can apply to be taken off the registry. I will first address issue two. First, defendant was charged with 24 sexual offenses in Colorado back in 2000. That year he pled guilty to sexual exploitation of a child. While on parole, he violated the court's order that he stay away from the victims and was sent to prison for eight years from 2000 to 2008 in Colorado. After getting out of prison in 2008 in Colorado, he was placed on the Colorado Sex Offender Registry. Uh, Defendant moved from Colorado to Florida and in the transcript on page six, line six, it says he moved uh, in 2014 to Florida, but in the defendant's new brief on page five in the third paragraph, it says in February of 2020, it moved, he moved to Florida. So he moved to Florida and registered there. And then in October 2020, defendant moved to North Carolina. Um, the defendant did not initially register in North Carolina as a sex offender, but filed a petition for judicial determination whether he needed to register in North Carolina. So for six months, defendant was living in North Carolina and was not on our sex offender registry. In april 2021 a judge determined that the defendant did have to register in north carolina and the defendant registered um, defendant registered as a sex offender in north carolina but right after he petitioned the court to be taken off even though he'd only been on the registry for less than a month the petition for removal came before the honorable judge Ridgway in wake county and at the hearing judge Ridgway denied the petition for removal uh, it was clear that the defendant had only been on our registry for a month and only in our state for about six months. And as I said, the defendant is essentially asking the court to overturn Borden, uh, which, which you should not do. Um, the initial county of registration means county in North Carolina. Uh, the statute, North Carolina General Statute 14208.12A, says 10 years from the date of initial county registration a person is required to register but may petition the Superior Court. Um, There are reasons why initial county of registration means North Carolina. So in North Carolina, we have 100 counties and a convicted sex offender registers in the county where he lives. Uh, You have 49 other states and several other territories. Um, Some states don't have counties that handle sex offender registry in various different ways. Um, Some sex offenders, some states have sex offenders register in the city they live. Some states um, have you register at the state level. Some uh, Some states have sex offenders register in large cities that cover multiple counties. But if you live in the county in a unincorporated city, you register in the county. To assume that North Carolina and the General Assembly was addressing all different variations of sex offender registry laws in all different states is a huge leap. Um, This is the North Carolina legislature and they're talking about registering in North Carolina. Uh, The law, the full name of the law is the North Carolina Sex Offender and Public Protection Registry. And it is to assist law enforcement monitor sex offenders and protect the public, um, including sex offenders when they have moved here from other states. Um, under defendant's interpretation, um, sex offenders who live in states that have lifetime registration or 25 years could move to North Carolina and, and that same month come up our registry. Um, it goes against good policy and the General Assembly's intent and the holding in borden. Um, the boarding co- court looked at legislative intent, and this court should also. So... When interpreting a statute, obviously you first look at the words in the statute, then go to legislative intent and the spirit of the act and what the act seeks to accomplish. Um, When going through the statute, the board and court not only looked at the words initial county of registration, but they also looked at the context, intent, and what the the statute seeks to accomplish. Um, When you look at the words initial county of registration, or the context including that you get to the same place. That the North Carolina General Assembly intended it to be 10 years registered in North Carolina before you could apply to come off the North Carolina sex offender registry.
2: Can I I just ask you then, you're taking the position that the language is ambiguous and that we need to look to legislative intent to interpret what it means?
3: So the boarding court looked to legislative intent. Um, They, not only looked at the language, but looked at what was going on before. So that's what I was saying that the the board and court was doing was was looking to that. Um, I think when I when I read um, from a North Carolina legislature saying county, um, I see that as being county in North Carolina. Obviously, defendant sees it differently, and going back to what the board and corps is saying they they look to the legislative intent and what was going on
2: well the defendant as i understand is also arguing that when the legislature means specifically a north carolina county that it says in the statute a north carolina county or county of north carolina so that so that it, it, you know the legislature knows how to be specific when they want to say only a county of this state and in this instance they didn't say that
3: it is true that they, they did not say that, yes, but looking at the intent and, and everything else, uh, the context of it, um, it, it would mean a North Carolina county.
2: So so you're saying the plain language on its own is ambiguous and we have to turn to legislative intent?
3: I'm, I'm saying that you need to look at the language, In the statute. It does not say North Carolina, but coming from a a North Carolina General Assembly, that's what they mean. But if if it's not clear to your honor, then you could look at the legislative intent and what's going on, just like they did in the boarding court. The boarding court looked at everything to determine what, what was being said.
2: And then, from your perspective, what is the significance of the fact that the statute does appear to have a legislative intent of complying with the federal law?
3: So going to um, the Adam Walsh Act, um, so to receive federal funding in this area, a state's sex offender registry laws must comply with the Adam Walsh Act. Um, So there are 50 states, and if you look at their different registries, they're all different. There, there's not a single one that, that, that's the same. They're, they're a patchwork of requirements. Some states are stricter than North Carolina. Others are more lenient. Some are about the same, but are, but are just different. And so uh, a majority of those do comply with the Adam Walsh Act, even though they are, are very different. Um, the Adam Walsh Act sets a minimum of certain requirements and states are allowed to go above and beyond and this is what North Carolina has done with 14-208.12a. Some states make sex offender registry for life, others 25 years, others 15 years. 10 years is the floor um, to comply with the Adam Walsh Act. Um, Defendant cites McLean, um, and yes, North Carolina wants to comply with the Adam Walsh Act, um, which sets minimum standards, but the General Assembly went above and beyond, required additional requirements. Um, and they wanted to say that those who choose to move to North Carolina uh, need to be registered in North Carolina for 10 years.
0: It, it is part of your plain meaning argument that uh, our General Assembly obviously can't legislate for counties outside of North Carolina? Correct. And so when it uses the term county, the assumption would be it's a county in North Carolina unless the General Assembly says otherwise.
3: Correct. There is a, a patchwork, you have 50 states and it's, it's so different. I tried to go through the different uh, states and compare things and, and it is, it's so different. And like I said, some uh, states don't even have sex offenders register at the county level. It's at the city level in large cities or um, you know it's at the state level and so to say that the general assembly implies this to to cast this net on every single different variant to me the the explanation is they meant north carolina north carolina is is what they were talking about um so going back to the boarding court um when looking at the north general statute um, the initial county arrest registration, or in context, if you you look at the the intent, you get to the same place. Um, Going to the second issue, uh, when the defendant petitioned the court to come off the registry, uh, he had been on it for less than a month and had been living in North Carolina for only six months, almost entirely unregistered. Um, He's still on the Florida registry, which you stay on for 25 years. At the hearing in front of Judge Ridgway, it was undisputed the defendant had only been on the registry for a month. And that stopped all inquiry and analysis. Judge Ridgway couldn't even get to the determination whether he should come off or not because the statute and the case law was was clear on that. Um, Judge Ridgway um, applied the law to the facts and for that reason um, correctly denied defendants petition to come off um, in conclusion uh n Ray borden is good and correct and should not be overturned uh, it reflects the general assembly's intent and is good policy for north carolina sex offenders who choose to move to north carolina have to show that they are clean for 10 years in north carolina before they ask to come off our registry uh, n Ray borden should not be overturned thank you Thank you, counsel. Rebuttal. Yes, briefly, Your
1: Honor. Uh, In response to the state's argument, first I'd like to say that, uh, just to correct for the record, that Judge Ridgway did make the determination in the hearing that should the Court of Appeals uh, interpretation not exist, uh, Mr. Frisci would have on that day been allowed to be removed from the registry. It was only, and he made it very clear in his decision and uh, in the transcript, it was only because of uh, the interpretation of the court as it currently stands and their interpretation of legislative intent that uh, he could not make that ruling that day. Uh, To address the six month uh, period of unregistered time, uh, the statute, just to clear the air on it, The statute requires either registration or to file a petition for determination as to whether or not to be on the registry. Uh, Mr. Frischi did that within the required time period after moving to North Carolina. Uh, It was some continuances that led to the the six months uh, on the part of the state. Um, Again, we've heard about how uh, North Carolina can't legislate outside of North Carolina and can't figure out everything that's going on in other states. But that's why the Adam-Walsh Act is a comprehensive national system. Essentially it was set up so that the states did not have to figure out all of those intricacies that they could follow the Adam-Walsh Act, and as long as they did so, um, we're not going into it today, nor should we have to, but the Adam-Walsh Act actually sets up and describes everything from how the registries should actually be set up on digital databases. So it's, it's a real comprehensive program or plan that the federal government enacted in order to get all of the states sort of together and in line. Not only for that reason, but so they could actually notify themselves or other states. So there's specific requirements in the statute uh, on the Adam Walsh Act that if someone's trying to remove themselves from the registry, they actually have to reach out to the initial county of registration where they where the uh, conviction took place and let the sheriff know that they're doing it. If they change their name or addresses, they have to reach out through the databases to let other states know that this individual might be on the list for as to whether or not they've changed their name, address, other personal information. Um, so, there is, a, there is a sort of a national network that's created by this. Um, we heard a little bit from the state about public policy or good policy. Uh, I won't go into too much of a story because my time is short, but uh, public policy, you know, first and foremost, public policy it should be one to, uh, to follow federal law. Second of all, good public policy or uh, public policy should be treating all citizens equally. I know that the court has not taken up the issue of uh, the third issue that we had raised, which was in regard to constitutional issues, but purely from a public policy standpoint, we certainly want to make sure that if individuals are registering here in the state and individuals are registering outside of the state, and in my uh, brief I gave an example of someone who lives maybe a mile down the road but in a different jurisdiction. Uh, and they both commit the same uh, offense and are convicted of the same crime and spend the same amount of time in prison. They both get let out. One person's here in North Carolina for 10 years on the registry. The other person's in their other jurisdiction. And at that 10-year or just about the nine-year mark, they move to North Carolina. Uh, both are, would otherwise be determined to not be a threat to society. They meet all of their other, um, uh, all their other requirements under the statute that one should be able to be removed from the registry while the other hasn't proven their time here in North Carolina, even if they've proven time for countless number of years in other jurisdictions that they are not a threat to society and should be removed, public policy would, in my eyes, mean treating those individuals the same and giving them the same opportunity to be removed from the registry if they meet all of the other requirements. Uh, Thank you.
0: Thank you, Council. Thank you to both.